I think it helps to just separate yourself sometimes. And like, um, what I like to do this exercise when I'm thinking about myself, for, uh, like as a, like I'm relating to myself as a friend. Like, what would I tell my friend? Is it good enough? You know, do I like it? And like sometimes, like taking a break from your work also helps. And because like you're in the moment and you see all of the things that could be improved, but then you take a, a good night's sleep and then next morning you're like, oh, you know, that that's actually not that bad. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Welcome, everybody, to Way of the Artist podcast. Once again, we are here to talk about who knows what we're going to talk about. We don't we have no idea, but we do know that we have a fantastic guest on for all of you today. We're going to pick her brain. We're going to listen to her story, uh, dive into who knows what. So before uh, I let our uh, guest speak, I'm going to roll out the red carpet and give her the introduction. Masha Tikhanova. I probably didn't get that exactly right, but we have to work with what we got sometimes. Uh, she grew up in a family of artists and entrepreneurs in St. Petersburg, Russia. In 2002, she immigrated to Canada with her parents and went on to become a fine arts graduate at the Emily Carr Institute while also studying communication design after getting pregnant in her first semester to support her future son. She has studied business at Capilano U University and founded three companies. There's a design company. I believe it's a design company. We can, I think it does more things than that as well, but uh, we'll, we'll perhaps launch into that. It's called Graphica Vision. Uh, she started an art school with her mom called Pinocchio Art and baby Bibi or Bibi. We'll, we'll Bibi. clarify. Bibi, all right. Where Masha designs, manufactures, and sells baby books and toys online. And if that was not enough, her art has also been featured on the hit show Dragon's Den. <sighs> Just like going through all of that, and that's not even everything that uh, I'm, I'm sure about your life. And uh, it already makes me feel like an underachiever. So, uh, Masha, thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, thank you. Thank you for the introduction. <laughs> All right, son. So, so, um, so interesting when you hear somebody else introducing you. And hearing all of like these things that uh, yeah. you have done and accomplished, like sort of read back to you, like here's here's sort of the cliff notes of your life. Like I want to get into the details of your life, but sometimes just hearing that stuff can be really interesting. Yeah, I think like when you live in a moment, then you just like, and time goes by so fast. You just like on next to another thing, another thing, you know, and then you're like, oh my gosh, like what happened? <laughs> What did I do? Like so many things happened in the past. I yeah. think that's, I think that's great. I mean, you're, you're you know, you're up to stuff. You, it sounds like you're, you're somebody that gets an idea and you like to act on it. And, uh, for sure. Yeah. And maybe like, uh, you know, like a lot of people, uh, a lot of people don't, you know? So, I mean, so what, like when you have an idea, like what, what's the process for you? Like how to, how, how to, how do things start for you? Like you get an idea and you're like, I should pursue that. Like, 
How does it all work? It's a good question because um, have you heard about the book The Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert? Oh, yeah. It's a great book. Uh, yeah. Have you read it? Uh, yes. I've listened to the audiobook of it, actually. I haven't read it in print, mm -hmm. but I do have a copy of it. So. Yeah, I think I did the audiobook as well. And I just love, love this book so much. Um, and in this book, she talks about the muse being like kind of knocking on your door and, you know, kind of trying to see who is going to um, bring this idea to life. And sometimes the muse like knocks a few times. And if you don't open the door, um, it flies to somebody else. So I think this is how I see ideas when I hear ideas come to me and when I can connect with idea and I want to do it, I, I try to act on it as soon as possible because I'm, I have this vision of idea escaping to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it makes sense, <laughs> but I, I truly do believe, you know, how many times have you heard when somebody came to you and they shared an idea and that was your idea? <laughs> Totally. Probably happened to you, right? Um, yeah. and, and sometimes I just let an idea to go by because I'm not in the right time or place. Like, for example, with my baby BB business, it's been for a few years when I was thinking about launching a business where it's going to be product-based business. Um, uh, for example, art school was a service-based business where we teach children and adults Graphica Vision is a also service-based business um, where I have to be present uh, almost 100% for my clients. Um, and I was kind of foreseeing like, what do I want to do in the future? And it brings me a great joy when I see my artwork uh, in somebody's house, but how can I expand it even further? Um, and this kind of was like in my mind for few years and I I was just kept my eyes open um, and until the idea would actually come to me through connections, friends. This is how I started my baby BB and business when I got actually connected to someone who was in a similar business and we formed the partnership. So um, and uh, mm -hmm. So baby BB, like this is, this is the company that gets your art, like out there, your art. Uh, yeah. When I say my art, I mean, my design illustrations, my products, um, this is all my art. Amazing. So, so how, so how do, how does somebody get baby BB or BB baby? Am I saying baby it backwards? BB. <laughs> okay. Baby BB. So maybe, how does maybe I should explain. Yeah, tell us, how, how do we get Baby BB in our houses? <laughs> okay, maybe I should explain what Baby BB is. Baby BB is a brand that produces, manufactures baby books for bath, baby uh, cloth books uh, for play. Uh, it's also manufactures different toys um, for early development, educational, funny stories, funny characters. It's super playful and super... Um, great as on-the-go play, convenient, washable. Um, and it's always based on my personal experience as a mom. And it started when my daughter, Brianna, she loved books and she loved taking books to the bath. And 
um, there wasn't many bath books available. Like I checked out some, I didn't like the design and she would keep just bringing books and the pages would crinkle. And I was like, I need, I gotta do something with that. And, and then it just like, you know, the combination of things, um, I met the right person at, th at this time. And then my daughter was born and she had this quest for taking books to the bath. <laughs> and when I was thinking about what product um, I sh we should launch, uh, the bath books was kind of very intuitive and uh, kind of scratched my own itch product. Um, so right now how you can get it, um, it's available online at babybb.com or amazon.com, amazon.ca. Um, we're currently expanding to Europe, Europe, Amazon UK, Amazon Europe. Wow. Yeah, I love that. So, so I mean, there's there's so many things that you're you're bringing up and and about you and and sort of your story and 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 your history and things that there's so many different sort of threads that I would love to to kind of pull on here. Um, you know, you had mentioned that. Uh, you know, your your mom is an artist, your dad was an entrepreneur, he was a business person, uh, and you've taken on both of those those things in your life in in a big kind of way. Uh, did you did you gravitate more towards one at the beginning? Because it mm -hmm. seems kind of like, you know, you you went to Emily Carr, it seemed like art was sort of the the focus, but then business became an element. What was that sort of that that sort of journey, that arc for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I think art is all often associated with um, you know, kind of a right hemisphere and you've been artsy, not taking things kind of serious. And um, I really think like I remember in my first year, my one of my instructors at Emily Carr, he said that if you want to become an artist, you will have to become a business person, businessman or businesswoman. Um, and it kind of, I think that's when the seed, like I started to think like, yeah, like, like what does it mean? And I think when I got pregnant in my first year, I was like, oh, I, I cannot be just a struggling artist. Like I need to, I love art, but I need to figure out a way how I can also support myself and my son. Um, and, and I was also very interested in um, design process and like, how does it, uh, like at first I was not interested in design at all. I was like fine artist. I just like to paint. I was uh, into art since I was three years old. My mom is an artist, so. I was very fluent when I got to Emily Carr, but when I was introduced to design process, it taught me that there is a, um, a structure in creative process. And, and it's, I, it just spoke my curiosity. I, and it just covers so much. And I just love how with design, you can dive into any area and it's just so expansive. And I think as a child, I was always like really, really curious about lots of things. <laughs> My mom was always told me like, you have ADHD, you, you, like, you know, I was just like super curious about everything. I wanted to know everything. Um, but um, when business came into play, my interest into business, I think, well, after I graduated from Emily Carr, I got into 
So I wanted to become an art director. And I had this vision that I want to, because I felt like I want to connect with clients directly. And I had some experience, uh, work experience working in an agency. And I did not really enjoy this process because you're just stuck in front of a computer for the whole day. And, you know, you just basically like answer emails and like do what our director tells you to do. And I just, it just didn't resonate with me. Uh, I wanted something where I can, direct things. Um, but then I realized that uh, there's only a few art directors in the city. <laughs> <laughs> and to become one, like you need to work uh, in a company for over 10 years or something like this. And and there's a ceiling in the salary what you reach. And, and it's a lot of stress, a lot of long hours. And um, when you have children, like you really start to think about your time and how like the flexibility becomes like one of the most important thing for you. Um, and when I got into Capilano, um, I studied in Capilano, I, I got a, I got a grant. Um, there was like, somebody told me that there's like a, this program, it's uh, great for entrepreneurs if you want to become an entrepreneur. Uh, and at that time, I started my design company already. So I wanted to learn more business skills. And I got into Capilano and that's where I had amazing teachers and it was very hands-on. And I was like, wow, this is so creative. I could, I could just like see, like I was so, I got so passionate about the growth and about this, um, this a feeling when you can bring the idea to the market. And it's not just a pretty picture, it has a function. And it's interesting, you solve a problem with a product or service. That's how it's kind of like evolved. Yeah. It's, I mean, one of the things that I find fascinating about, about you and actually quite inspiring is how you use your life as kind of the building blocks to, to, to what you've done. I mean, you know, you have children and then you have this response to your children. Um, and also, like, I appreciate you sharing your journey because... I feel like your evolution as an artist and an entrepreneur is one of those things that like a lot of creative people need to learn, you know, because we all start off with this very like idealistic, almost romantic idea of art, which I still think can exist. But if that's it alone, it's hard to have a career and it's hard to make a life with it. Right. And you kind of found this nice marriage with entrepreneurialism and adding your ideas you know, and, and then making that a service. So then your art becomes, but not, I, I think what's interesting about how you're talking about being an art director too, because it's like, you realize the limitations of kind of following the mold, you know, of kind of doing it as you, you had to break away. And I, I think that's so cool because that's such a great message for everybody to realize, like you can kind of go down the line a little bit, but you're going to run into those limitations. And then that's when you got to step out on your own. Um, so my question for you is now, with all that being said, is you seem to me as somebody who has a bit of courage because you are willing to step out on your own. You're willing to go try some stuff. Um, where do you where do you think that comes from? Like, were there scary moments for you, moments of doubt? What what was that like? Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it makes me. Uh, yeah, the question is. It's a good question because I I think daily I think about courage and confidence and I forgot who said it but 
there was a quote that a confidence is um is is you, you should basically the quote is about that you should pursue courage not confidence because confidence is overrated you mm. know we keep hearing you know you should be confident but what does it really mean like you uh, it, it, it's something that you build daily but some days you don't feel confident it just you know your hormones your mood i don't know you talk to mom you you had a fight with someone um somebody told you something but i think courage is when you're able to just go for it and just say you know what life is too short i'm gonna give it a go and yeah it's everything everything is a risk and i think when people say you know i'm gonna go get a stable job I think it's so risky to let somebody to dictate how much you make and they can fire you at any point. I mean, <laughs> just, I never understood the logic of that. And I, to answer your question, I think courage, um, I should say a big thank you to my mom because um, when I was growing up as a child, she always encouraged me to do art. Um, and, you know, in many families, I think it's a problem when the child is creative and the parents wish them well and they want them to become a lawyer or a doctor to get a good job. Um, but I truly believe that we should we should notice what the child's talent or natural inclination is and help them on the way to push them forward. And then the child will figure out what to do with it later in life. But I think my mom definitely gave me this confidence. And I had many, many people who, oh my gosh, like my, yeah, like uh, some very close people in my life who, um, you know, been my ex-partners, that's why the ex-partners <laughs> who tried to take me off my path and just told me, you know, you, you, you're going to be, you're not going to, you're never going to succeed. You, you should become a nurse, an accountant and, it's been um, a life story for me, but I think it's worthwhile to really hear what what's really deep in you, like what you want to do, where you want to go, because life is too short. Yeah. It's and eventually you're gonna wake up and you realize, you know, why did I, you know, became an accountant? Not to mean I don't mean to say that accounting is a bad job. Like if if it's your if it's your calling, then you know you should mm. pursue it. But for me. It was art and design and, and creativity and creating something. Like I knew that was what I meant to do. And there's so many people who try to take me off the path, but you know, you just have to kind of hear yourself. And courage is scary. It's like yeah. um they say I, I like my new another quote I heard, if you if you don't feel scared about something in life, like on daily basis you are not living your life to the fullest. I'd agree mm -hmm. with that. I, I love one of the things I love, and I, I just want to point this out because I think this is, you did such a great reframe at some point in your life. You, you said it's scary to have a normal secure job. And, and I think that's such a, such a great element of what you pointed out among, you said so many things that are awesome. Don't get me wrong, but this one um, <laughs> just like this whole thing about like, people look at security as like, kind of like, oh, that's a safe idea. But like you pointed out how it's scary. Like you have limits on what you can make. They could fire you at any moment. You know, there's, 
you're, you're, you know, it's scary because you might never create again. There's so many reasons why that's a scarier path than going off on your own and, and, and trying something and taking a, taking a, you know, a gamble on you. And, um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I love that. And, and, you know, the thing is, is like, it sounds like also like you kind of, you took fear and you didn't let it weigh the scale down on one side because there's these things where we have like these dreams or these ideas and people go, well, that's too scary to do. So I'll just stay safe. But you put weight back on the safe side and you said, no, it's scary to stay safe. It's, it's actually more scary. And you tip the scale, which, um, I love that because it gave you the confidence in some ways to have the courage to go the other way, because like, I think sometimes courage, like really good courage is not just doing like something because it's scary. It's, it's doing this, it's doing it like intelligently, you know, like I could go walk down dark alleys in the middle of the ghetto and I could just do that because I want to be a tough guy. But is that a smart way to express my courage? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like um, there's other ways to express courage and you go, well, this actually isn't as bad as it could be, you know, but I could put my energy here because I'm going to be scared of something. So why not put it over here? I just had to note that because I mean, (laughs) it hit, it hit with me. I I think that, um, you know, it's a really cool element of what you put out. And I want to just, if, if I may, I just take off of this as well. Um, some of the things that, about what you just said, uh, Masha, you know, is I, I find it so, you know, the, the arts are so often a, a thing that, you know, it's like it's a secondary in our society, you know, even though it's everywhere and we it has such a level of importance. We have sort of an attitude towards art generally, you know, um, that it's kind of like it, what's the utility of it. But what I love about your story is that, you know, arts will serve you. You know, and which is what I think is is always so important for people to like engage in some sort of art because it's like it's going to serve you in ways you don't even know that you don't even completely understand. You know, like Brandon and I come from like acting and and performance backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember one of my old high school teachers, uh, we were doing like a an exercise in like job interviews or something like that. And he pulled me up and he was doing and he was throwing me because he was just kind of a, a person like this. He was just throwing me weird curveball questions and being able to respond. And when it was all over, he said, this is why I think everyone should do theater, because like I mean, your yeah. ability to just respond, you know, and and so you and to, to turn this back on you, um, you know, you you've taken art and you've and you've pivoted. You've had to adapt. You know, I'm sure that there are things that you thought were going to happen, expected were going to happen, and then life happens and it's like, okay, I've got to pivot and I've got to use what I have to to make something out of it. Has that been, you know, what has that been like to to have to make those those pivots? You know, courage certainly as we've been talking about, but what what has that been like? I'm thinking there's like so many moments um where it's like I wanted to do one thing and then, yeah, so this is a good example. Um, when I was pregnant with my daughter, I just had this idea, which was not an original idea. 
um, I wanted to create. Uh, do you remember the time when um, there was a, a series of popular books, um, adult uh, coloring for adults? It was yeah. uh, kind of a garden. There was another theme. And I decided to do my own version, but it would be um, on different type of paper, it would be on uh, cardstock, and people could actually color in with um, paints. So it's a little like different spin, spin idea on the original idea. And I, I, decided, I decided I created, um, I think it was like 36 illustrations. And the idea was a cat was traveling to Europe and there was like seeing different things. And it was super fun project. Uh, I did it on a site from my main business at the time. And I launched a Kickstarter and Kickstarter did you know how Kickstarter works? Like you have to collect all the money, and if you don't, um, it's you don't get anything. So I've collected maybe eighty percent, and and it didn't go anywhere. Um, but and I was okay, whatever. Like you know, I tried. It was fun experience. Uh, it did take a lot of work and time, and kind of also learned a bit about Kickstarter. But what it led me to is an introduction to another person. She was publishing a book, so she used my illustration in her book. And then through this person, I met my partner um, who I do baby baby with. So it's kind of like, you know, you never know. And I like to use this example because there was like one, I was going one path and thinking that, okay, you know, I'm going to do this. And then, and if I, if I am flexible, if I can pivot and, and use what I have at my, um, exposure right now I can pivot and potentially into you know life knows better sometimes and leads you into some very fruitful unexpected uh, pathways so that's one example um also pivoting with fine art I thought I would become a fine artist you know like I was very confident and then uh, when you have a baby on a way you kind of rethink your ways I don't think that um, being a fine art I wouldn't be able to make a living I think I think I truly believe that if you are committed and if you're an artist you can make a living uh, there's so many ways today but I do know for sure that it will it would take me a few years of work and uh, maybe traveling and just you know getting my name out there which would be really hard to do with a baby so that was kind of my way of pivoting I'm still doing art um I know um at any point in time that's what's beautiful about art you can stop and then continue again later in life and like who knows what yeah and you evolve as an artist right like like for sure yeah like as you go on you get you know, you, you get more experiences. I, I mean, I know for myself, like the stuff that I was doing when I was younger has, it's just transitioned and evolved so much over time and life experience and stuff. And honestly think that my best creativity is ahead of me. And I, I feel like mm -hmm. as I get more life experience, I'm starting to see that. But at the same time, you know, there has been moments where I'm like, maybe I, sh maybe I'm going down the wrong path. Like maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I don't have any talent. Maybe I can't do this. You know what I mean? Or maybe I'm, you know, or like, I don't know, like you maybe have a sour experience with people or situations or organizations, you know, and you kind of go, well, I don't want to be, I don't want to have to do that. I don't want to be involved with that. Right. Did, did you, um, I think it's kind of cool that you, you had 
people or at least situations where you were like this person or this thing is pulling me off path. What helped you to know that you wanted to stay on path on your path, right? And and, mm-hmm. and walk away from certain things. Like what how did how did you make the decision to not let that take you away from what you knew in your heart you wanted to do? Mm-hmm. So um I think it uh, it comes in as a gut feeling uh, in your heart and I just have this tendency I I I can't do something that I don't like I don't love <laughs> and I don't I don't mean that I you know I and I think when people say that sometimes you feel like oh you know you're always passionate about what you do no it's not true sometimes you do art and you don't feel like it um, but you still do it um, and then you know the passion kind of joins you on on the journey at some point but overall like when i see at any type of work i'm doing i need to uh, connect to it and if i don't have this connection it just feels it feels like i'm not productive i'm wasting my life to be honest and i think that's what my mom taught me from early on like this is like it's this is why it's, it's like I'm so passionate about children right now and um, baby products because I think we need to expose our children to as much creativity as possible when they're young um, because they have this, you know, we have neural pathways and the child's brain is is very different from adult's brain and it's very flexible and it just picks up information in different patterns. And, and I think when you as a child learn to that, yeah, you can express yourself and this is what you feel happiest at it stays with you for the rest of your life and that was that was what helped me but on the other hand i also had an experience where the person um i was with right now um kind of um i don't want to blame the person because i take full responsibility for my decision but i did not pursue um some art projects because i felt that this person wasn't supporting what I was working on. And yeah, kind of, and to be honest, I did regret it later. And that was a great lesson where I was like, okay, you know, I should always pursue what I feel I should pursue because I don't ever want to be in a situation that I blame someone um, or blame myself. It's not fair for me. It's not fair for other people. I'm responsible for my own journey. Uh, I love that. I think, yeah, you know, you gotta, you gotta be able to make a stand as an artist. I think also like, I think those moments of regret where you let somebody kind of pull you off your path, you know, those, it's kind of like, you maybe you learn it, you learn it once or twice, you know, but then at a certain point you've got to be like, okay, I'm not going to repeat that lesson anymore. But I think also, you know, honestly, this is something I've been thinking about a lot and just in, in a lot of areas, uh, even outside of art, but like, we have to be able to make a stand. We have to be able to stand up for ourselves because like the whole world can just push you to conform. Right. And you gotta, at some point, you gotta say like, this is what's important to me. And I don't care if you like it or not, like, I'm going to go, I'm going to do this. So either you're on board with me, I'm not kicking you out, but if you're not on board with me, I am. Because otherwise, mm-hmm, you're, definitely. yeah, because otherwise you're, you know, like 
and, and life is short. I think that's the thing. We fool ourselves. We forget that sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm, I have this new artwork uh, this year um, where I, I just, it's a, it started as a, like a calendar. Um, I was, I decided maybe I'll make like a little note every day, what I was like up to fun things. And I thought about doing this big poster and just putting this poster on my bed in my bedroom wall. Um, so I can see it just when I wake up. But then I thought, well, the poster is not going to look good. And kind of like over the year, it's going to just look trashy. And I decided to create this. I, I had this huge canvas and I, um, um divided it into 365 squares little squares and divided into months and i have this um big um canvas hanging in my living room and every day or every hour of the day i would fill in the square for the day um with notes colors but it just gives me uh when i look at it it just gives me um an understanding this insight how short the year it's like how just few um squares i have and like we already into we already covered like a quarter of this year can you believe this i know crazy and then yeah. when i look yeah and and i think just thinking about time in this matter is helpful because when you are being tagged into like something you don't, you don't like or you are in a relationship that doesn't serve you you just think about the years they, that you actually don't have many summers <laughs> left, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's quite a sobering experience and it's healthy too. I think it's healthy to think about it sometimes, not in a dark way, but um, in a way that will help your courage to, to, to expand. Yeah. yeah. Using it as, as something to, to inspire, you know, as opposed mm -hmm. to, yeah, like uh, becoming, you know, nihilistic about the whole, <laughs> the whole situation. Yeah. But it, 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 it is interesting to reflect on, on things like that. One of the, th I remember when I was, I was a teenager or something and, and I heard someone say, she's like, well, and I think at this point in time, they said, you know, the average lifespan was like 75 or something like that. I think it's gone up since then, but it was 75. And they said, think about it. That's, that's, you know, that's 75 springs. That's 75 yeah. summers that you get. And it was like, I just, I remember as a teenager where, you know, I don't know, I, I don't want to speak for everyone's experience of being a teen, but mm -hmm. you know, that like that, that kind of thing just doesn't enter, you know, my, as my dad would say, it's like, when you're that age, you're 10 feet tall and bulletproof. And it was like just this thing that I said, whoa, like that's, that's not that many, you know, like that's, that's not as many as I thought it was like to, to condense it down. Just like, yeah, you only get that many seasons per year. Like it, it's such a simple, obvious fact, but um, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I don't know where I was. I didn't really have any intention for, for this going anywhere necessarily, but it was just, you reminded me of that, that moment in myself. Well, and yeah. just to, to, sorry, just to further your point, Evan, you only have so many springs or so many whatever at a certain time in your life too, like, cause things are going to change. And I think when you're younger, you, you know, you, it just kind of seems like you have as many as you want. Like it just seems infinite. And I think mm -hmm. like there's a magic age, I think where 
sometimes it happens for people younger, but like, I think there's a magic point where you start to realize the limits. And when you like, it's like death is such a great gift, you know, because the thing is, is once you have death, you have, there's an immediacy to life and an immediacy is, 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 is it's elemental. It's, it's, it's absolutely vital because if you can put things off, you probably will. But if you, if, if you cannot put them off, you know, if you realize like, this is the last summer I'm ever going to have to be able to do this. If that's how you're looking at it, you're like, well, this is the summer. Fuck it. Like, this is it. Let's just do the thing. Cause if this is it, then I got to do it now. You know? And I think like one of the things that's really inspiring, you know, uh, uh, for me is like, I, it seems like a lot of the stuff that you did somehow you convince yourself, like, it's gotta be now. Like, you know, I got, I got a child on the way. It's got to be now. And I, 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 there's something about that. I think that's really kind of dialed in for you, which is really cool. Um, like, where do you, where do you think you found that kind of, I mean, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but like, I, I'm seeing that. Do you, do you think you mm-hmm. found that? Like, and, and how did you, and where did that come from? You mean like not wait and just jump yeah, not into wait. Like, action? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <sighs> Um, I'm just reflecting and thinking, I like going back to the muse. Um, I don't want my muse to go somewhere else. <laughs> and if I, if I am in touch with the concept, if, if this is what I want to do, um, I think, it, it, yeah, I, I, I believe like, you know, we have this moment and now, and if there's an opportunity, like I will, I will do it. Why not? Like what, what is, what is stopping me? Um, I mean, sometimes there are things and circumstances that are stopping us for sure. But then you also get a question, is it procrastination? Because we get so creative with procrastinating and there is a great book by uh, Stephen. I can't remember his last name, but it's called Art of War, A War of Art. Oh, yeah. Stephen Pressfield, yeah. yeah. We love <laughs> yeah, that Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great book. It's an awesome book. So he talks about how sometimes, like, you know, you get a new hobby, you get, like, new friends, or there's, like, a new festival is coming up. Because, uh, you know, and it's all, like, signs of procrastination, and you have to be super honest with yourself. Um, but um, it's... It's definitely, I am often thinking, um, if if not now, then when? Um, And kind of, yeah. And I think it's, it's, uh, being a parent um, also taught me that, you know, you just, just never know. Like, for example, when your child is one or two years old, um, they need you in a certain way, like you need to spend more time with them. And then they grow up and you hope, you know, there will be less dependency, but you just never know. So I think I've been just using every opportunity I had um, in the shortest amount, uh, amount of, of time I had, just because I there's like so much um, instability in my life already. <laughs> so I was with children and not knowing what's going to be next year. Now I have a teenager and that's a totally different journey. It's yeah it's 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 so much harder than babies <laughs> than little kids so um 
I think that's a, a lot like parent parenting, just being a parent taught me a lot of that uh, for sure. And uh, there's like one important thing that um, just kind of I want to mention. Um, I think when I was growing up, um, I saw my mom, uh, she's a super creative person, but I always felt that because she didn't have much support around her and uh, she wasn't able really fulfill herself like to her fullest potential. And uh, growing up, I kind of felt bad about it because, you know, I was a child and uh, she, she took care of us. Uh, and we grew up at post-Soviet time when there was not much, not many things available to help her. Um, so when I had my own children, I thought that I would never want my children to feel that they were a burden. I want them to be my inspiration. And that was like going back to what you said, reframing your situation. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that was my frame um, and is for, uh, as of today as well. And it, it also using that helped me to to kind of sprint. I'm like, I have this evening to work on this and I'm going to do it. And yeah, we'll see what happens. Nice. We're um, sorry, Evan, I got one more question. Yeah, I got go to ask this because we're on it, it and we're going to move on. Another thing that doesn't seem to hold you up, I'm noticing is like, well, and maybe, maybe it plays, but I want to, I want to know like perfectionism. I think that stops a lot of creatives, right? Like me, mm. like, I don't know enough. I'm not ready. I don't, I don't have it together. I, you know, I need to do blah, blah, blah first, right? Whatever. Um, how do you contend with that? Because I mean, I think you probably by this point realize like you're never ready. It's never perfect, but at some point you just got to kind of pull the trigger. You got to go. Right. So what's your relationship to that? If, if you don't mind sharing. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, I, I am a perfectionist sometimes. Um, but I realized when, when I started business, like if you want to go anywhere in business, you cannot be a perfectionist. Perfectionist is a, is a dream killer. It really is. And I've seen so many people around me um, kind of like, and also I think working with clients, yeah, working with other businesses. And I can see there's two types, maybe more more than two types, but let's put them in two buckets. Um, there's a client who, is just wants to go like they need a logo design website. They just uh, want to to go and they're not really picky about like little details or the color variations and 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 stuff like. They trust me. Uh, they see my work. They like what I do and they trust me. And there's another type of client um, who is going to be nitpicking everything. They don't trust you. They just like take forever doing this project. And they never succeed from my experience. And I worked with many businesses and I think that knowledge and that understanding helped me as well. And I made a conscious decision that yes, I am um, naturally um, inclined to perfectionist. Like I like things in a certain way, but I also know that if I will keep doing this, I will never go where I want to go. Mm. So it's a conscious decision and it's also uh, working with mentors, I had some friends who were successful and I, I like to deconstruct and see like, how does this person achieve what they achieved, the success or whatever. And in my experience, it was always, they were they were not perfectionists. They didn't care if there was an error in the email or whatever, like, you know, if it's a mistake, that's okay. It's a mistake. It's a, it's a, it's a work in progress. And um, there's a great saying that if your product is 
perfect when you launch, you launch too late. Mm. <laughs> so, so it, it's kind of like, it's hard for me because like I'm looking at some illustrations and I'm like, oh, I can, I can make it so much better. I, you know, I can adjust colors and then I just have to like cut myself and just, no, uh, we, we have to, we have to go ahead with production and it's done. It's done and it's done. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. Does it, un yeah. No, How about yourself? Great. No, it was. How about yourself? Are you, are you guys perfectionists? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. And I, I absolutely 100% agree with everything you said because yeah, like, and I noticed that in myself and it's kind of like, I think it's like a, a thing you like give into it, you know, you give into it and it's bullshit, you know, because at a certain point and this, Evan, and I talked about this the other day, we had a podcast about it, but it's like, it's, there's gotta be a certain point where it's good enough. And you just have to decide it's good enough because like, I mean, and, and, uh, what are you scared of? You're scared that people are going to point out your flaws. You're scared. They're going to point out whatever. Meanwhile, if you just did it, you'd probably be making money, be getting out there. You'd be on set. You'd be doing the thing you wanted to do. And yeah, it's not going to be perfect, but you know, getting on set, for example, if you're in the film industry, you're going to improve way more, just getting yourself on set, getting yourself into an audition room as, as opposed to being like, I need to try, I need to work it out. I think at the other thing I'll say is I think you need to bring a certain amount of skill and education and training to the table. I don't think you should just show up willy nilly and be like, Oh, I could be anything. You know, I think that's, I think that's not smart, but there's something admirable about it though. Yeah. There's something admirable about <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> but I do I, think you should, you should give yourself a little bit, but like there has to be a point where you say, give us enough. Like I, I got to launch, I got to go, you know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned a lot from China. I, I've been to China twice and I work with China and they have 80, 80% good enough rule. Hmm. Like if it's 80% done, it's good enough. And it, it's crazy, but you know, they're growing like crazy too. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you know what? Most, most probably businesses and artists are probably 80%. And then, mm -hmm. you know, you're 1% better. You're 81, you're 82 you know, you can improve upon 80%, right? But like, you're mm -hmm. never going to get a hundred and perfectionism demands a hundred. And, you know, there's a 20% gap there, right? So there's a lot of room, mm -hmm. there's a lot of room, you know? And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to walk away from this kind of having that reminder because there's some things that I haven't, I've been kind of like perfecting and I'm like, nah, just kick it off. <laughs> like life is yeah. short, you know? Yeah. I think it helps to just separate yourself sometimes. And like, um, what I like to do this exercise when I'm thinking about myself for, uh, like, as a, like I'm relating to myself as a friend, like, what would I tell my friend? Is it good enough? You know, do I like it? And like, sometimes like taking a break from your work also helps. And because like you are in the moment and you see all of the things that could be improved, but then you take a, a good night's sleep and then next morning you're like, Oh, you know, that that's actually not that bad. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, like I'm, I'm in like the, the final stages of getting a, of self-publishing a book and, uh, mm. it's one like you want to talk about perfectionism and procrastinating, you know, the initial idea I had for this book was in 2016, uh, and, you know, had started developing it since then. It was one of these things that's just like, okay, now it's a monkey on my back because it, it, it was one of those, those endeavors that, um, that just wouldn't, wouldn't leave me alone. 
You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, no, this one doesn't want to be ignored. This one doesn't want to be neglected. I have to see this one through. Uh, so it was a matter of chipping and chipping away at it. And, you know, and the perfectionism can be like, this is garbage. This is shit. This is, I can't let people see this. Um, and yeah, sometimes having that space, like I was looking through some of it as I've been, you know, uh, getting things ready for print and and being like oh wow like uh i wrote that that's actually that's actually really good you know i thought i was going to hate all of this but there's you know and and yeah the good enough uh is is so essential i think that's like one of the 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 remedies that they say to perfectionism is is if you're a perfectionist you have to ask yourself is it good enough and if it's good enough then you say yes because it's probably at that point where if you're a perfectionist and you can say it's good enough it's probably way beyond what most people would do <laughs> mm-hmm. and i think perfectionist has a lot to do with fear and i think a lot of times people just really are scared to put their work in the world that's why they say like you know i still need to work on it right yeah just absolutely i think i think it's it's part of you know you had mentioned procrastination before too and and for me it's like perfectionism is i think one of the most insidious forms of procrastination absolutely Mm -hmm. it kind of comes full circle because you were talking about that quote where um you you go for courage not confidence and courage is putting something out that's good enough. It takes no courage yeah. to put out something that's 100%. That you're like, this is awesome. I know it's perfect. That takes no courage whatsoever. But it gives you full confidence, right? But like real confidence comes from like, I'm going to put this forth and I'm going to I'm gonna at least take these steps. Sometimes it's not even about launching. Sometimes it's just about taking a step or, or a leap or a try. Um, but, you know, I think that anything that's worthwhile, and this is a lesson that I've been kind of reminded of recently, it's a gamble. Like anything that's worthwhile has to have an element of failure present. And and I think perfectionism is this illusion that you can somehow remove the element of failure. And that way you mm-hmm. just know it. And it's a security tied up in a nice bow around trying to do something that actually needs courage. And, and basically saying, I don't need to be courageous you know, because, you know, no, no argument, no, no thing is, is going to be without its, its, its whole, without its kind of point. I mean, even as we talk on this podcast, someone could, there's this thing that people are doing right now where they, uh, what's it called? Uh, they pick elements out of what you say, and then they draw attention to that. They take it out of context and they go, well, he said this about that. And it's like, yeah, but mm-hmm. in context, that sounds bad, but if you were listening to the conversation and you have to risk sometimes saying uh, uh, what might be a sound bite, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to risk that because to get your message out, you, you have to, you know, and people are going to take it out of context and you just have to be like, well, it's just, it's good enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it kind of comes around to your point, right? you got to like the courage gives you the confidence and the confidence actually makes you out there doing it. Yeah. It's, there's something interesting you said about, um, that uh, putting something that is 100% does require any courage. Um, but the thing is, what I think people forget, like when you put something 100% in your view, you don't know, like, you know, if it's a product, for example, you don't know how people respond. And 
like for me, for example, like it takes so much work to design a product, create, manufacture, and I really don't know what the response is going to be, but the response will help me to make this product better. And I think when you put, you put out a piece of artwork, a book or something, this feedback like really shapes your, you know, your further work. And it's so, so, so important to get that as early as you can. You think that like maybe with a business, you have kind of a, a bit of a testing period, like with products, but like maybe when people think of like an acting performance, or they think of a piece of art that they're creating, that maybe they feel like it has to be perfect because that's going to be over and they can't work on it again. And and really maybe the message is like, yeah, but your next piece of art is the work in progress. Like, what do you think about, do you think there's a difference or maybe a different relationship? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, so in terms of acting, uh, I actually took some acting classes. It made me appreciate acting career. Like it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard. I, I really have a lot of respect for actors. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good question because um, I guess as an actor, you do want to perform at your ultimate best because based on that, you may be selected for for a role or not, right? But I think even, even in that, there's like a point where you like, you know, this can be better, this can be better, but then it's kind of like, yeah, so I can spend another 10 hours rehearsing um, this piece and maybe it will get better, be better, maybe not. So I guess you kind of have to see for yourself what's what's good enough means you and and after performing this piece you know when you see the audience and when you see how they respond sometimes you you maybe miss uh, interpret some of the um script that you were uh, you were uh, performing right um and it happened to me like when i was yeah. uh like and i was like oh yeah this i should say it just changed my so much when i was speaking my script in front of the audience um so do you agree with that? I, well, I mean, Evan, Evan is like, he works with actress all the time and their process. I, I can say for myself that something I've learned is that the, with acting, the more I try to control it, the worse it's going to be. I, mm -hmm. I actually need to like, let go and trust more. Um, and I, a prime example of this would be, I remember I went out for an audition and uh, the girlfriend I had at the time, we stayed up all night we studied the lines, we worked them. We just, and I was just so ready. It was like, I'm going to come in and I'm going to do this. And we went to the audition, you know, the auditions, maybe, maybe they kept me in the room a little bit longer. Um, we went to the audition, maybe it's five, 10, 15 minutes. I don't know how long I was there, did it. And we went to go get a bite afterwards and we fell asleep in the restaurant because we were just exhausted. And, and oh. they were like, the servers were like <laughs> so cute because like what she fell asleep on my shoulder and I fell asleep on her head kind of thing. And I didn't get the role. But then another role that I went out for, I went out partying all night. I studied the lines in the day, did did what I need to do, went out partying, stayed up all night uh, and then just relaxed, had some fun, went to the audition the next day. And as I walked out of the room, I just had this like, I'm going to get this role because I was so relaxed. I was just at total ease. And within an hour, my agent called me and said, you just booked it. And I was like, holy shit. And it was the first role I ever booked. I, and I realized like, 
my trying to make it perfect fucked it all up, you know, but like not, not just trusting that I could show up and do the thing was actually what made me really present and real. You know, I'm sure mm-hmm. Evan could go on about this one, but I, I, I find that with art, there's this weird kind of thing where if you try to control it, you you actually get farther away from it in a weird way. Yeah, but I also think that, uh, you know, you, like you said, you prepared for the other role. So who knows, maybe the preparation for the other role led you to book another role, you know? Sure. I do think there is like this, um, you, you can't just like throw yourself and just say, you know, I'm an abstract painter and I'm going to create the, the best piece of art and I'll be this artist. I mean, some people do it. I, I, I'm I'm not trying to take away from the fact that some people get into art without any formal education. Um, you can learn art as you go from your experiences, but I do think the foundation and this um, discipline and practice is so critical and which prepares you to perform like we don't know how, when, or like mm. what's like in your case, it was just like, you know, walking into this audition because you you had this experience of studying, like you, you already, you, you, you could pull up from all this knowledge that you have in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think I, about that? There's, I, I mean, I, I think some things about that for sure. Uh, <laughs> um, it reminds me of uh, something I read from, from an acting book that uh, a professor in Australia had had written some some interesting stuff about performance and mentioned and I'm I don't remember any of the names unfortunately but it was this Nobel this Nobel Prize winning chemist and this was what was kind of so amazing because you think of like oh here's you know we're thinking about the arts but we're going to bring in someone who comes from the scientific field and the way that he looked at what he did was, I am creating a foundation for the spontaneous to occur. So, in in something as you know, in a in a in a scientific realm, there was this beautiful thing that is like that's that's art. You know, that's what you're doing is actually art. Um, it, just in a very interesting, um, objective kind of territory but you know you have to create this this space this foundation for something that you don't expect to happen and that's really what's what's remarkable ab- about the whole thing and and so to me that's what sort of you know any any sort of training that you do and in, in whatever it is it, it doesn't have to necessarily be in in an art but you you have to create some sort of a place where you can just jump off from you know, but mm-hmm. ultimately, um, you're trying to go into an unknown space, I, and I think that that's just part of our nature as as human beings. You know, like we're we are pioneers of of the unknown. That's why we're constantly like, get, you know, we're we're constantly like, give us something new, give us something new. You know, like we've seen, you know, we'll we'll write off a movie in a second. We'll be like, no, nope, this is shit. I've seen this a thousand times before. You know, like, or it's like, or give me that, but just, just put a twist on it that I've never seen, you know, we're, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like we're that way with a lot of things where it's like, yeah, but no, what's like, create something new, something new, something new, something new. And so I think that that's where maybe some of the problems enter into it, where I think people get stuck on the foundation that the foundation is the thing. The foundation is 
is how you find the success and where great things come from. It's just like that's not that's only part of the equation. The rest of it is like, well, but what's the unexpected thing that 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 you leap off from? You know, like I'm not interested in in seeing your work kind of thing. You know, like when I, I know I'm talking quite a bit here and I want you to start talking very soon, but <laughs> but I just to, to finish my point is, you know, in in the in the acting world, I can't stand it when I'm seeing an act, when I watch an actor and I'm like, I can see your work. I can see the work that you did. I can see the beats that you planned. I can see the intention and the way that, and you planned that you were going to say the line this way. I can see all of the work that you put in. And because of that, it's terrible. It's almost unwatchable. So it's like, I can see that you have training and that you have skills that, that to, you know, that you've learned, but now I need you to go beyond those things. And that's mm -hmm. my point. That's my, I'm getting off of my soapbox. <laughs> yeah, it makes me think of the dance. Um, I also dance and uh, I think that's how I can relate to it. Like, you know, in dance, you can learn the steps, but like, and be very precise with the steps, but it needs to have a soul and the feeling and the connection. Absolutely. You know, to go back to kind of what we were talking about, like 80% is good enough. Maybe that kind of relates to, to the art of it because th there is a certain point where that 20%, maybe when it's like a script or a performance, it's not that the 20% isn't there. It's just that that 20% is unknown when you do it. Like mm -hmm. that's the discovery. Like you do 80%, you memorize the lines, you figure out the character, you understand the story, you do whatever that work is, but that's 80% of it. And if you only do 80% and you don't let the other 20% exist in a performance, then it becomes an 80% performance, which is kind of weak. But if you give up that 20% to the muse in the moment, maybe that's kind of what it needs to be. You know, maybe it's more mm -hmm. of a, it's not incomplete. It, it's different from business in that way, like from a product, say business, but like maybe it's a little bit more like, you, you go, I'm going to bring 80% because that's my job. And after that, mm -hmm. I'm going to show up on set. They're going to put the lights on. They're going to turn the camera on. And we're that next 20%, I have no idea. I have no idea if it's going to be angry, sad, or whatever. But it's going to happen, and we're going to find out. I love that. Uh, I think you just invented the formula for creating art. Like, uh, and and this 20% is, is a courage. Is where This is where the courage yes. comes in place. And that's where yeah, your connection with the muse and the universe um, take place too. Like, I, I love that. And I think you can even relate to in business, like when you launch a product, um, there's like 80% of preparation manufacturing and there's 20%. You hope, you know, the market will respond and there's like some magic and somebody sees something special in this product. Mm. So yeah, I love it's that. The it's the performance. It's the show. It's the, it's the leap of faith that has to be taken right mm -hmm. yeah yeah the leap of faith that's the necessary i mean that's kind of something that keeps reoccurring in this conversation i think you, you got to take this leap of faith you got to trust that at 80 percent, if you jump you know that even if the ground isn't there you're going to fall into the next thing you know that that it's all you know, because even for you, for you, as you were saying, like, okay, well, I want to be an art director. And you start to go down that path. And you trusted that at the time. But then you get there and you go, okay, well, maybe this isn't the way. And then it becomes a new part of your journey. 
but you got to trust that when you get there, even though you don't know that last 20%, that there's going to be an answer. It might not be the one you think, it might not be the one you necessarily want, but maybe what you want is limited. Um, I heard Mike Tyson say a quote, which I actually think was brilliant. Um, he said something like, uh, it was something along the lines of, you're never going to know yourself because the moment you know yourself, you're limited. And I thought mm. that was so powerful because it's like, he's like, you're infinite. And this guy's, he's a boxer, but he's actually kind of a really brilliant dude. But he's like, you're this infinite thing. You could be anything. You could change on a dime. Like your whole life could be a something else. So you're never going to know yourself. And if you, you know, and I really took that as, yeah, like the moment you think you have it and you think that's it, like you're dead because you are limited. Like there's no room to go anywhere anymore. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. It's like living in a, in a moment and just being a little bit scared, like, you know, yeah. just and excited. And I like to actually think about fear as excitement, because I think, you know, our bodies are the same mechanism. Like when you yes. have fear and excitement. Mm-hmm. Totally. Okay. We are, you know, we're good ways into this conversation let's maybe take a quick drink break and then uh and then we've got some questions for you masha <laughs> okay sounds good um i'll just go off the, the top here uh brandon you heard me before we even started recording i had a sip of this beer and i was <laughs> like oh no <laughs> have i made a huge huge error here and uh honestly it, it hasn't gotten much better oh no um <laughs> Honest I've been, <laughs> I've been struggling it. through this one and uh, like this one's from parallel 49 and like they're normally amazing but you know what the problem is is that so this one like it caught my eye it's called wild apricots so it's like <laughs> it's like this apricot it's called an apricot wild ale and I thought, oh, that sounds nice, sunny day, little apricot beer. This thing is a full-on sour to the max. And it's like 7.8% alcohol, too, which I didn't realize <laughs> initially. Um, and uh, I've, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of this one. It's. Uh, I wish that they had included that it was a sour on here. I feel like that's deceptive. And so I'm going to put Parallel 49 on notice for this one. It's like, guys... <laughs> If you're making a sour beer, please indicate that this is a sour beer. I'm sure there's some like there they've got someone over there who's just like, well, actually, technically, a wild ale, you should know that that's a sour or something like that. Some I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't. No. Have, yeah. So that is what it is. Uh, Brandon, how about yourself? Okay. Yeah. So mine's pretty good. I, I'm liking it. Um, I've never had this one before. It's called Capitan Czech Pilsner. Uh, and it's by uh, Lighthouse Brewing. It's a limited release, um, only 5%. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's based on this guy who, um, who I guess was a big part of the brewery and he passed away like last year, but uh, it's kind of to honor him. And you know what? They did a pretty good job honoring him in my opinion. So uh, I won't go much more into it. It's nice. It's light. It's actually a little more flavorful than, uh, than what I was expecting but in a nice kind of surprising way. So solid little beer. And Masha, I don't think you're having a beer, but you're, you're having, having a, a cocoa. Yeah. I had a cocoa leaf tea. Uh, have you guys tried cocoa leaf tea, the brew? No, no. no. 
it's a it's a uh, it's very popular um, among um, indigenous people um, in South America and um, for altitude sickness and just a, a, as a tradition. Um, and we actually have a shop in Vancouver um, recently. I think it's opened pretty recently and they sell the brew. You can just buy coffee. Um, and I really like the taste actually. It's really nice with honey and it just wakes you up, but not in a jittery way like coffee. Um, it, it, it has some qualities like to energize you and just like open you up. It's yeah. quite nice. And um, I bought the tea to make it at home. So just made Excellent. one for myself. And now, yeah. now, isn't it, uh, and I hope you don't mind my saying this, because like coca leaf yeah. is actually what cocaine comes from. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But like, but I want to make sure our whole audience knows is that like our, our, our guest is not here doing <laughs> cocaine <laughs> on our show. <laughs> Coca leaf and what cocaine is, because I saw a thing on the science of this one time. It's like they're they're very very different different things. It's like the difference between different, between yeah. corn and corn syrup, <laughs> like high fructose corn syrup yeah. and corn. Like it's like that. It's that they're not even close to the same thing. So, but I, that's no, great. I didn't know really you could get it. Yeah, it's really nice. It's good for your ingestive system and. Uh, it's uh, better than coffee um, because it, there's no addictive properties to it. It's it's quite nice for for you, actually. Excellent. I recommend it. <laughs> I'll try it. Yeah, I'll no, try. I'm curious. I do want to try it. So it's, it has has a nice smooth taste to it. If you add, uh, especially if you add honey. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of matcha, but without bitterness. Mm. All right, I'm on board. <laughs> All right, Brandon. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. I think so, I think you're opening up the 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 questions. Are you ready, Masha? Yes, I I am. I'm having this twenty percent courage. Um, you, you know, go. I have <laughs> not I have not prepared for the questions. I have no idea. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, they get harder and harder as we go. So okay, awesome. Yeah, no right answer. It's just just. Yeah, about I actually you. think that they get less hard as they go, but. Wow. Potato, my potato, thoughts. Evan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready, Misha? What's yeah. the most important book you've ever read? Ooh. There are so many. Um, I do like... Um, hmm. There's definitely a lot of books, but... I think the the art of um, the art of war of the war of art because there's two books right there's one is the war of art but you know yeah. which one I'm talking the about the procrastination one. yeah yeah, the yeah war of art. I, I, I definitely would recommend it to all creatives because I like what he talks about procrastination and um, and the practice it's 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 been pretty significant for me. Wonderful. Yeah, and, and and the big magic was also pretty great. Like, just comes to mind since we mentioned it about the creative process. They're such terrific books. Definitely some favorites around here. Um, all right, your next question: What was a movie? Is a movie 
that has made the greatest impact on you? Hmm. Takes me a while because I actually like I don't watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time for TV. I love I do love great movies though. Um hmm. They don't always have to make great sense. Sometimes it's just one that pops into your head for some reason. <laughs> yes, I am like I'm going have blank you seen right now. But a movie. <laughs> I've seen so many movies. I I go to film festival in Vancouver when we had festivals. Um, maybe I've seen too many. There's definitely so many movies that I'm thinking. It just let me think. As a child, I like Peter Pan. <laughs> oh yeah, like the anim the animated cartoon, like the animated movie. I I think I had a, I I watched the Russian version, and I I always dreamed about going to this magic island, flying away. That's been my movie <laughs> for sure. <laughs> like not anymore. <laughs> mm. The movie. I definitely haven't watched any good movies recently. Like I just find that didn't didn't like many. I do find that they're getting harder to come across. I don't know if that's yeah. just myself or you know, like I find like, geez, like I'm having a hard time finding a good movie and like there's so much content out there and I'm like, why am I having such a hard time finding a great movie to watch? <laughs> Yes, for sure. I think that's the thing too. There's like so much and then our, um, we're not as patient maybe to watch see-through movies. Um, but there's a couple of movies that come to mind. Uh, there's one, um, I just like it because it's just, I could relate to the main character uh, so much and it's called Joy. And I just like, Joy is oh, one yeah. of my favorite, one of my favorite yes. words. I just uh, have you watched it? I have. I have seen it. Yeah, I like that. Story. Yeah, yeah, and like it's a, it's about a real person, and uh, she creates products, and she has children, and like, <laughs> and she's kind of struggles, and I can oh, definitely yeah, relate yeah, to yeah. that. Yeah, I've seen that mm -hmm. one. Yeah, I was yeah. like, have I seen this movie? Yes, I have. That that was a really good one. Yeah, excellent. You made it through. You made it through that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did it. I, I forgot that I need to ask you the next one. All right. What's a song or an album that takes you somewhere? Oh, I song an album an album. Song or an album. Either or. Okay. I I'm into electronic music. So I am a lover of Deep House, DJs, Ibiza style, black coffee. Like I, I would say like I do like Bedouin Black Coffee. I'm not sure if you do. Do you know that? Um, I don't know it, but you know I'm going to get it after this. <laughs> yeah. Um, it does take me somewhere um, tribal sometimes. There's a tribal house. Nice. Mm. Um, it takes me into some good memories for sure. And yeah, travel. I miss travel so much <laughs> mm. right now. Well, great. 
did you have something you wanted to add? I'm or thinking you... like, I, I think for me, because I am, I, I like to say I was made in Russia born, uh, and grew up in Canada. Like I have uh, like a Russian heritage, like I grew up in a different culture. So sometimes like for me, it's hard to make cultural references, you know, that are familiar to you guys maybe. Right. right. Because I grew up with different songs, different artists, and then here it's different culture. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, here it's just like our our sort of electronic music culture is just catching up over the last few years. Oh yeah. I feel you know it's like we're we're still yeah. like, you know, you know, Europe and like has always been sort of like the hub of of electronic mm -hmm. music, right? So um, definitely, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into to it was black coffee. Black Coffee, Bedouin, Salamoon. I can give you some names, some DJs. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always, yeah, prior, I'm always down. Prior, yeah, prior to COVID, I, I used to travel for music to, <laughs> to Europe. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I love it. Okay, your next question. Where do you think creativity comes from? I think creativity comes from, I think it, there's like a, it, a lot of it comes from the brain, from the process and from um, distilling and connecting information, um, learning, curiosity, just being aware and present in the moment and searching for sometimes asking dumb questions just why not like you know sometimes you realize or find creative something creative in a very simple thing and i think it all like uh, the brain is able to all bring it together yeah nice i mean i i agree with that i agree with that um so how do you find inspiration? I uh, so I have a process and um, I learned this process when I was went to Emily Carr. Um, designers, most designers have a pretty, their, their own process, but a lot of it is based on looking at references and researching and um, just exposing yourself to as many topics as possible in, in terms of the project you're working on. So I would research, look, see, expose. I think I am very visual, so I need to see things and um, and learn things, read things. And then and then you just have to let it go and, and see, get good rest because in, when you sleep, your brain is actually activates and think and rebuilds relinks information and then in the next few days you will certainly have something hmm. actually i found that to be very true for myself it's like you, you take something in and then um by sleeping on it you know and, mm -hmm. and trusting the sleep processes you know it's really important i used to just i used to do that with scripts i used to be like okay hey, i did some work time to nap <laughs> It's a, I, I'm really into like science and um, biohacking and it's, it's another topic I'm really interested in. 
Uh, and there's actually a lot of data that's showing if you take breaks and short naps between learning, it's actually ac accelerates your learning process and creativity. Shifting the paradigms of how we think we have to do things, totally. right? Totally. Mm -hmm. um, all right, your next question. What is one thing you would tell your childhood self? Okay. One thing. I would probably say that it's okay if some people don't get you or if you're not included, it's totally okay. You don't have to belong to a certain group. You will attract whoever is um, meant to be around you. And um, be very cautious about who in your close circle because you become like your five closest friends. It's a cliche, but it's very true. I believe in that. So just be very aware. Mm -hmm. I like that. All right, last question. What would your future self tell you today? My future self. Oof. Don't forget to have fun. Life is too short. We need to have fun. And yep. just no matter how hard you work, find that joy. Well, now where does that leave us, Brandon? <laughs> well, you know what? She inspired me to read off a quote, which I will do in a, in a minute. But, um, you know, before, before I do that, um, one of the things that we like to do often, and we don't have to do this, but if there's something maybe from the conversation that kind of like, you know, stood out for you that, you know, maybe, um, maybe summarizes a little bit about what maybe this, this kind of like something you walk away with. I, I, I mean, I like to do it every now and then because I think for me personally, I like to sometimes go, you know what, we talked about a lot of stuff but this is the thing I'm going to walk away with. This is the thing I'm going to kind of utilize this week, mm -hmm. this month, you know, this year. Um, but before we do that, I want to read this quote because it, it came up quicker than I thought it would. <laughs> <laughs> this is by Margaret Mead. It's utterly false and cruelly arbitrary to put all the play and learning into childhood, all the work into middle age and all the regrets into old age. Hmm. And your advice to yourself now, you know, kind of reminded me of that quote, which is like, yeah, I mean, we got to play like this is something we got to do for the rest of our lives. And we, we, we really got to not let that get stripped from us. Uh, I think that's just such good, such a good reminder. Absolutely. And I think that's what my children teach me and just watching my five-year-old now and like, it just just funny to to see to watch them talk the kids how they talk how they communicate it just cracks me up and i also like to stay relatable with them and you know i don't want to turn into this like really rigid and strict parent i i went and i i had my son really early i was 20 when he was born so um 
it like we kind of grew up together, <laughs> which also um, helped me to become more mature. But at the same time, it, I kind of was like in that childhood mode for pretty much all of my life. And I truly believe that we should, no matter how old we are, we should dance, we should have fun, enjoy life. And yeah, that's what we are here for. And and also also have a passion and mission. Uh, there needs to be something that really dear to your heart that you are pursuing. So do you want me to answer a question about well, what stood out for you? Yeah. Um, you know what? Maybe we'll we'll let you speak at the end and we'll let you kind of yeah, yeah. Things let's off. Leave, let's leave you for the closing thought. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, this this conversation and hearing your story, um, you know what it, what's really what's really spoke to me is you know kind of going back to that thing of 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 perfectionism and and taking action and doing things and it being good enough and creating like you've really shown through your story, through, you know, all the things that you uh, have done in your life to just take that leap of faith. And and for me, that's what I'm walking away with. Just like, you know, giving myself the permission to take that, le that leap of faith more often. And, and so um, thank you very much for that, you know, for, for, for that, that, that gift of, of what you've shared with us today. Yeah. Okay. I agree. I mean, I, I, I found you really inspirational, you know, and, and, um, not in a very, like, like not like you're not trying to be, you're just very authentic. And, um, you know, there's, there's a bunch of things and I'm forgetting the thought that I had. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But, um, all right. What the hell was it? <laughs> Oh, it was so perfect. I had it. Um, Just know, start flapping your gums, Brandon, and it'll, it'll come. You know, <laughs> I have. I, I found. I found it very inspirational. And oh, this was it. This was the thing that really kind of. Oh, I just kind of like it. Just hit me kind of in my gut and my heart, and it made me feel like you know what, Brandon, you're on the right path because this is something I've been talking with Evan a lot about recently, um, about the risk of falling into this secure life of like, this is safer, you know, and fooling myself into that. And Evan and I have been having a lot of like deep conversations about this stuff recently. Um, you know, and I, I'm, I'm finding myself or I have been finding myself tempted to almost go that way. And, and it's, it's, I know in my heart and my gut and my soul, it's like not the right way to go. Um, but you framed it for me in a way that really helped it just kind of like, it was like the last thing that just needed to go where you, you mentioned how risky that is. And it all of a sudden it just made sense. I'm like, yes, that is a risk. And I think the way I've been looking at it, there's these, um, you know, there's, there's a few things that are on the table right now that I can kind of run for and leap for and go for. And they're, they're very clear. And I've been going, yeah, but am I ready is kind of risky. But I'm starting to realize staying over here and doing this thing that I think, quote unquote, is safe is actually way more risky. So you've lit a fire under my ass. You've kind of, it's pulled my heartstrings. It's got my gut, like, just kind of going, like, feeling ready. And um, 
you know, you just kind of said that off the whim and just an honest, authentic answer. And I just really appreciate that. And that's something I'm going to take away from this. Um, yeah. And I'm going to run with it. So, you know, uh, I appreciate that. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed this conversation. And, you know, on this thought, um, it reminded me of, uh, I think Jim Carrey has this video about his father and how his father worked um, as an accountant or he gave up his passion for music or something like this. And then um, and at the end, he got fired from his job, I think. And uh, Jim Carrey was saying how there's going to be risk in anything, whatever you choose. You choose art is going to be risky. You choose um, a stable profession is going to be risky. You might as well choose what brings you joy, what makes your heart sing. Yeah, and uh, I think for me, there's so many takeaways. I really enjoyed this conversation with you guys. It was nice to meet you. Um, you know, when you talk to somebody for the first time, it's you just never know how it goes. Um, yeah. But um, I really did enjoy it. And um, your questions were really thought-provoking and very thoughtful. And I loved how you just try to kind of find this, this different um, patches and you know, like where I could share some of my, some of the things I maybe haven't thought about in a long time, actually, and just made me really think. And that was super cool because I like to be challenged. <laughs> um, for me, the takeaway was I like how you framed the 80-20. And it was like, for me, it was like so clear. I was like, wow, this is actually a really cool way of thinking how like it just, I, I think visually, so it's like 80% is like my hard work and there's 20% is, is a chance, is a hope, as some, as some feedback that maybe will help me to go to the next level. And just having this mindset, I think helps you to, to not be stuck in a procrastination mode. And it also helps you not be stuck in this, you know, um, perfectionist mode because you kind of have to say to yourself, okay, I'm leaving this 20% to chance because this will enhance my work. This is what I got to do. It's like a, the secret ingredient mm. to your dish. So I really like that. And I like what you said about the reframing and like, it's kind of was a reminder for myself too, because, you know, you give me, you mirror what I tell you and, um, I think it's so important. Like there's so much, you know, society today, like we go through COVID and, you know, um, there's so much negativity you can draw from the environment, from the news. But if you are able to reframe this time as a maybe creative time, maybe a time where you go through JOMO, joy of missing out, you know, there's FOMO, like I like oh, to call like it JOMO. That. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. JOMO. Um, yeah. <laughs> JOMO, yeah. You, you, maybe you use this time to grow yourself in the ways you, you were not able to do before. So reframe is so critical. So thank you. Like this was super engaging, fruitful. And I am sure when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to have more ideas <laughs> because I sleep on these concepts and yeah, that's great. That was amazing and, having you. Yeah, and and before you go, um, just like let let the listeners know, sort of oh, yeah. like if they wanna if they wanna get in touch with you, if they wanna check out your stuff, where 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 do they need to go? So, 
the best way to get in touch with me with me would be probably Instagram, the easiest. Uh, it's Masha Designer, M A S H A Designer, and um, I check it regularly. Um, if you're interested in any design, branding, um, work, um, projects, um, I will love to help you with that. Uh, and my website is www.graphicavision.com, G-R-A-F-I-K-A vision.com. Um, and if you have a baby and you are interested in some cool baby books, you can go to amazon.ca or amazon.com, depends where you're at, and uh, search for baby, 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 and baby spelled B-I-B-I, and you will see some books. Maybe search for baby, baby books. That will give you um, that, that search, the, the products. Terrific. Thank you so much for being on the show, Masha. Yeah, thank you so much. I am I I'm happy we 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 finally connected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode. You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.